What it is, yo? What's up? This is your host of Real Talk Sports, Deontay Smith. And I'm sorry for the wait, but this is episode number two. And in this episode, I'm going to be discussing a couple of things. I'm going to be talking about Carson Wentz and his MVP hopes. Aaron Bleepin' Rodgers returning from injury. Tom Brady and that imaginary cliff has he fallen off of it. And a serious question of the day. Does Antonio Brown really have a chance of winning the MVP? Alright, first off, let's talk about Carson Wentz. Uh, Sunday, he uh, injured his left ACL, I believe. And Doug Peterson on Monday confirmed that it was a ACL tear. He would be out for the remainder of the season. And the first thing I thought about, oh my gosh, who's going to be winning MVP? And I thought even more, I said, wait, he can still win MVP. I mean, a lot of people don't think he can still win it after going 11-2 and and positioning his team, Philadelphia Eagles, in prime position for the top seed. But here's my case for Carson Wentz winning MVP. Now, through 13 games, Carson Wentz won 11-2, which you can't really knock. Uh, he threw for 3,200, over 3,200 yards, nearly 3,300. I think it was 3,296 yards, big exact. 33 touchdowns and seven interception. And I can hear you listening saying, he didn't play the whole season, though. Uh, does it really matter? Remember last year, Tom Brady only played in 12 games. He missed the first four games. Now you're going to say, yeah, but he only missed the first four. He didn't miss the last four. Yeah, I know. And Carson Wentz could double as a hockey player because on a torn ACL, he broke. Or I'll say he set the franchise touchdown pass record on his final play to Alshon Jeffrey. And what I don't want you all to do is to discredit what Carson Wentz did through 13 games if Nick Foles and the Eagles are able to win out. So Carson Wentz, while he's on IR... He's probably saying to himself, in the words of Lil Wayne, show me my opponent. And I'm asking the same thing. Who is the second guy in the MVP race? Tom Brady, who struggled against the Miami Dolphins. Tom Brady had an opportunity to become the the clear front runner of the MVP race if he had just performed average, like to the mean, in this game against the Dolphins. So is it going to be Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Seahawks, as your MVP favorite? Um, his team currently is not in the playoffs. So in my opinion, it's not too valuable if they're not in the playoffs. And I'm not saying Russell Wilson is not valuable. He's just not valuable enough to win MVP this season. Let's talk Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown for MVP. Now the Wentz is out. But if you bring up AB, you're going to have to bring up Le'Veon Bell, who has more scrimmage yards than Antonio Brown. Or you got to talk about the guy that's throwing both of those guys the ball, Ben Roethlisberger. So that kind of eliminates Antonio Brown from the conversation because you're having to bring in other factors as to why he is valuable, like Ben Roethlisberger. 
And I definitely understand why a lot of people are going to say that he does not deserve the MVP anymore. But I got to hear more reasons than he did not play the whole season. You got to give me another reason why. So call in. Tweet me at I Barely Tweet. Let me hear. Let me get your feedback. Let me hear what you got to say about Carson Wentz for MVP. Are you for it or against it? Now let's talk about Aaron Rodgers returning from a broken collarbone. Um, he tweeted out, or he via Instagram said that he was medically cleared to return to play. As a Packers fan. I am no stranger to Aaron Rodgers and broken collarbones. In 2013, against the Bears, he returned on the last game of the season to lead my Packers to victory uh, off of a 48-yard touchdown pass to Randall Cobb. And I have the stats from that game. He was 25 of 39 for 318 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and three sacks. Now the greatest question that I have is, is it worth it to risk breaking it again for a spotty playoff run? For a, we don't know, so the Packers have to win out. I messed around, found a NFL playoff machine on ESPN.com. And I started playing around with different scenarios. And the one that, to me, seems like a, a potentially true. Atlanta would, for the Packers to make it, at 10-6. That means they won out. They beat the Panthers. The Panthers do not, ha- do not lose for the remainder of the season. I, bu- I believe Atlanta... And the Panthers are going to be fighting for the fifth seed. Whoever wins, whoever comes in third in the NFC South will likely be the, the fifth seed. The Packers being the sixth seed will probably face, face off against the Rams or the Saints. Unless there's a tiebreaker between the Saints and the Rams that the Rams hold. And I don't believe there is. But Aaron Rodgers is far too valuable to throw him back out there to make a three-game run to potentially play a road game at New Orleans or at L.A. to have him go back out there. Because I believe Brett Hundley has done enough keep them afloat and with the Panthers coming up this week this Sunday I don't believe he Hunley will play well enough to beat them which would eliminate their playoff chances which I will be completely alright with for the sake of the franchise because Aaron Rodgers uh, does not need to come back and play right away it's one of those injuries where he he injured it and he rushed back. Although he's medically cleared, there's no gray area of being medically cleared. You either are or you aren't. But I just believe Aaron Rodgers should sit out for the remainder of the season. 
Let's talk about Tom, my favorite Brady. Now, Tom Brady struggled against the Dolphins. Uh, at age 40, he continues to excel at the quarterback position, but I have reasons to believe that he is on the decline. Why do I believe that? In Brady's last two games, against Buffalo, he threw for 258 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. He was on the road at Buffalo. And on the road at Miami, he threw for 233 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Now, the numbers aren't flattering. They're below average for what you expect from Brady. But, if you're watching the game, you can tell that some of his throws are just off. He's missing high, he's missing low, he's missing behind, he's missing in front. He is becoming less accurate. We saw this in the Super Bowl, but they came back to win. We even saw this when he overthrew Wes Walker against the New York Giants in that Super Bowl. I don't know. Maybe this is a hot take. But I believe, I believe Tom Brady is nearing the end. Uh, he's been hit more this year than he's been hit in the past couple of years. His accuracy is suffering. He, he just doesn't have the same mm, that he used to have on his throws. Now how the Patriots have hid this for as long as they have, they continue to surround him with great weapons. Um, maybe not great weapons for other teams, but great weapons for how they are utilized in the Patriots offense. Now you can blame a lot of Brady's recent performance against the Dolphins as no crunk being the issue um, but he had Gronk against the Buffalo Bills he had Gronk in the Super Bowl but just remember when Peyton Manning began to decline it almost happened overnight um, Brady's decline is not going to be injury driven but simply wear and tear driven he takes great care of his body, but his offensive line does not take great care of him. So this may not be the last season we see Tom Brady, but within the next two years, I believe the Patriots will regret trading Jimmy Garoppolo. I probably just butchered his name. Jimmy G is what I'm going to call him. I feel like uh, they should have held on to him and found a way to restructure his contract. Brady is always re restructuring his to take less money. Would have had to have asked him to do it one more time just so we could keep Jimmy G long term. Even if it's just a two-year deal or a three-year deal. Just anything to help the transition from Brady to the next quarterback. Now on to happier subjects and topics. Let's talk about Antonio Brown becoming the first wide receiver to win MVP. Now allow me to begin with how to measure Antonio Brown's impact on a game. You don't look to a box score. 
you look at the film, you see that they, they take a safety. They put a safety over him all the time. Or if he's lined up in the slot, they try to bracket him. And when Big Ben struggles, it's because he's not targeting Antonio Brown enough. I know you're going to say, well, Le'Veon Bell makes it easier for Antonio Brown when he split out. Yeah, but that's like saying, that's like saying, let's take away anything that benefits Tom Brady when you talk to MVP race. You know how hallowed the Triple Crown in baseball is? Well, Antonio Brown is in line for the receiving Triple Crown. Um, and the receiver next behind him would be DeAndre Hopkins, which is about a dozen receptions behind, 300 yards behind, and uh, AB is leading in touchdowns. The last receiver to do this was Steve Smith back in 2005. Antonio Brown has had five games with 10 receptions and 140 yards. And he's had one game with 10 yards and 110 yards. And as a receiver, he's third in yards from scrimmage, only behind Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. And of all the receivers in the entire NFL, He's one of only three receivers with over 1,500 yards through 13 games. The most recent one being Calvin Johnson in 2012. And if you ever want to question his impact on a game, just look at what he did against the Ravens. You knew that the ball was going to him. You're in cover four or cover three or you're in cover two with a with a uh, safety over the top of him. And he's still getting past your DB. He's getting past your corner. How are you getting past a corner and you know bell technique already? That shows you his impact on a game and a defense. And you can't forget about Tony Totap. I'm not saying he's the MVP, but I'm saying he's worth being in the MVP discussion. Even though you gotta throw in Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger. But I like AP a whole lot. Now in this portion of the show, or the pot, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to take the time to talk about being right about the Cavaliers losing to the Pacers to end their 13-game winning streak. I'm not going to talk about that. I want to talk about Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo is a baller. See, in Orlando, it was like you had flashes of him. You were like, dang, this dude could be really good. He's already athletic. He just needs, like, better players around him. And he gets to OKC, and Russell Westbrook is like, it's nice having you in the squad, but it's my team. So once he got traded for Paul George to Indiana, he was like, finally, I'm the best baller on the team. They ain't got no choice but to give it to me. So, like, his, he has a career high in shots per game, and... Believe it or not, he's having a career high in field goal percentage, which is uh, about three points higher than anything he's ever shot. So he's at 48%. His three-point percentage is right around 42%. And now that he has the ball in his hand, the more he's able to become a playmaker. He's averaging about four assists a game, which is right around what he averaged his first two years in the league. But once he got to OKC, you saw a drop-off in everything because uh, Russell was like, get on my back. I'm going to average this triple-double this year. 
and you already know if he's going to be making more, taking more, he's going to average more points, which is going to be 24 points a game, which is a career high. And this is only through 27 games. I'm not saying this is uh, the Oladipo we're going to see for the rest of his 14-year career, but I am saying he is a legit player. He is not what you thought he was in Orlando. And I thought he was overhyped coming out of Indiana because he, I was like, he can just dunk. That's all he can do. He's just really athletic. No, this dude can do it all now. And what I like most is that he's willing to play defense. And I don't know why teams are so willing to trade him. It's almost like they're like, uh, yeah, we'll give you Victor Oladipo. Like he's a cherry on top or something. So now the biggest question I have for you all is is Victor Oladipo an all-star because I'm looking at the list of competition in his conference even though it's the Eastern Conference he still has competition in the backcourt that being Kyrie Irving who's having a solid year um, Kyle Lowry who is always solid John Wall who's usually solid Kimball Walker he's pretty solid DeMar DeRozan he's solid I don't know if I mentioned him already but he's solid um, Dwayne Wade will not be an all-star unless he's voted in by the fans. And um, so there's still a shot at him getting in just because, kind of like when Magic retired, but he was still in the all-star game that year. Not to that extreme, but just because the, vans ha- the fans have a voice, he may have an opportunity to get in. Then Oladipo has competition in Bogdanovich, which who is another guy that's on his squad. I'm just planting that seed that Victor Oladipo deserves a spot on the All-Star team, especially in the East. Man, I appreciate you all for listening. As always, if you're listening via Anchor, call in, give me some feedback, let me know what you think. Um, I'm really open to everybody's opinions. Um, I have a segment called Unpopular Opinion. If you have an unpopular opinion, send it to me. Talk to me, let me know what your unpopular opinion is. And if you uh, you want to call via cell phone or anything like that, I did set up like this thing, Google Voice, where you can leave a voicemail. Call the number 769-242-1615 to leave me a voicemail, and I'll end up putting you on my pod. Um, once again, I, I appreciate all the support. Uh, follow me on Twitter at I Barely Tweet. And peace.